Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and this episode, episode 13, finds us in a special place, not in the studio. So we are on location um, for the second time since we've been doing the podcast and uh, finding myself in the back room, green room of Looney Bin and Bradley. Uh, almost Kankakee at this point. Um, we're like right at that crossing. It was point. north. It, it was north Kankakee. It was north Kankakee technically. That so. that photo I shared with you, where it had the people standing outside. Yeah, that location's exactly where we're sitting. I put the table here on purpose. Oh, okay. Wow. Is a point is a point of reference. It. And yeah, we'll, we'll looks get a little it. nicer. Than <laughs> <laughs> well, that then. was that was so long ago. Um, so I am like I said, I'm at Looney Bin. And uh, if you're familiar, if you're not familiar, um, it is on Skyler. And I'm with uh, the owner, Nick Huffman. And there, <laughs> there are just so many things that I'm sure almost everyone has at, has at least heard your name. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, like, I do. Because, like, even I, you, this is the most you and I have talked ever. But and I'm normally pretty quiet, actually, for the most part. People don't realize that. but um, Except for maybe on social media, right? I realize what I've got to do to do what I need done, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. I, For whatever reason, people respond to my voice. I get it. So I'd feel bad if I didn't use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it gives me anxiety. Most people don't know that. So if you look at the way the loony bin's set up, there's little pockets and cubby holes everywhere. It's not because I think we're a stadium and we need sections. It's because anytime I'm talking to somebody, my toes are bouncing up and down inside my shoes. And it's just a little, like I was, I was actually telling him, uh, you this before, because there's a closet in here with a futon, which looks weird. But <laughs> yeah, when, like I couldn't tell um, it was a futon. I went to Alan Shepard, so. my fifth grade teacher, put me in a refrigerator box, Justin Sigma and I both in the hallway. I'm talking. The only way, like we one got, of the the like the boxes that the refrigerator comes yes, in. Yes, because was this punishment? Um, I, I'm assuming so, because <laughs> I actually liked him. Um, <laughs> the only way we had light was to poke our pencils through the uh, thing. We, I mean, we got let out for PE, lunch, and music, and uh, recess if we were nice. And that we'd way- make noise sometimes in the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but because of that. I've got really used to being in small enclosed spaces. You spent that much time in that Fifth box? Grade. Yeah. Sure All, enough. Yeah. Because yep, you were always in trouble? Well, because I guess he thought I was enough trouble to not 
let me make more. <laughs> God, that's Justin's great. an angel. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Oddly enough, in senior year of high school, the two of us. Okay, there seems to be a pattern here. <laughs> we were both kicked out of school completely the week before graduation for separate incidences. So we had to go, or instances, whatever that word I mispronounced is. Um, so we had to come back after graduation to take finals because we had enough credits. I walked in to take mine, and Justin was sitting there, and we just died laughing because <laughs> how appropriate. <laughs> that is that is super appropriate. Um, I bring it up is just because I remember when I had, fir- like the first time I heard your name, it was probably from a, a co-worker at the radio station. I don't remember which one. And it could have been even before that. Um, and people just automatically assumed, like, I knew right. who you were. You know, and I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know who that is. Who is that? Oh, yeah, from the Looney Bin, you know, Nick Huffman. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So, you know, like, I think it's great that uh that we're we're sitting down because we can finally kind of like present everyone from your mouth Uh not like you know what i mean from your mouth and not just like yeah well nick huffman did this one time or he did Uh, that one time and (laughs) you know most of those things are probably somewhat true if not maybe all the way (laughs) you just gotta ask the other person why is, is all yeah yeah I mean, I'm normally really, really easy to get along with. I guess um, I'm just, I guess I'm just excited to finally actually talk to you after hearing so many different people just tell me these things. Cause it's just like, you, you feel like you're, you're almost robbed because you don't know who this person is, but you hear all these things and you're like, well, I don't even know the guy. <laughs> See, and, and I'm equally as excited to be doing this because like I said in that um, post when I was talking about coming on the show, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're literally preserving history and not to mention going backwards and kind of retro preserving history. I love your attitude towards the show. Kankakee is actually a really great area compared or contrary to what people like to say. It's just kind of like that old um, adage you're 10 times more likely to complain than you are to rave. Social media is equal to that. What you read on social media makes the world look 10 times worse than it really is. If you shut off your TV and computer and just enjoy the person you're with, life's usually pretty cool. Yeah, right. It's exactly what I found, too. And that's why, you know, I always, someone will say, hey, did you see the news today? And I'm like, no. (laughs) At one point, um some years back, you know, the anxiety was getting to me and I was going to leave the area completely. And a girl that has been a friend of mine since we were, we were one, Nicole, she, I, I was talking to her on the phone and she says, I've got one thing to say to you before you go. And I said, what's that? And she said, just remember you beep. Um, <laughs> wherever you go, your brain has to go with you. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Man, <clears throat> excuse me. That that is that is uh, powerful. It really was. And I went, oh my god. And if you think about it, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent of them, obviously, but a lot of the people who talk negatively, they move. 
you, you don't sit there seeing them talk about sunshine and rainbows. No. They're still crazy where they live now. Yes, absolutely. There's always some, you could, we, you and I could complain about things all, all this whole podcast, if we chose to, we could complain um, about all kinds of things if we really wanted to. But at the end of the day, it just does not solve a darn thing. I'm glad you said that because I don't mind complaints if they're accompanied with solutions. Well, that's different. Um, other than that, I, I just don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. It, there, there has to. It has to. I guess could be constructive, right? <laughs> complaining, or if necessary, know. destructive. It, de- um, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. But, um, you know, I, I really appreciate your kind words, Nick. That no, that it, means a lot. You're, you're so great. And Thank you. Like I was telling you, um, there have been a few times over the years where I've been asked to do something with somebody for this it's like the concept to do a, for the yeah. Kankakee area. And how come but you I never... But I did not like the attitude towards it because to me, yes... I, I did comedy. I make jokes. I'm sarcastic. I don't mean half the things I say. They just crack me up. But that's not what our area needs. You know, we've got a pretty great area. I mean, of all the places I could have been born, I'm, I live in the same place as JR's Chicken, for God's sakes. Like, <laughs> how cool is that? Yeah, it is. Like, it's, I, I know there's people from out of town that come just for JR's Chicken. Like, yeah, know. and wh- why do they leave? <laughs> the fact that that did not make Letterman's list is right. A shame. How did that not make his list? You're absolutely Came right. For JR's stayed for JR's. Is it, yeah, um, I'd be your size if it weren't for JR's, <laughs> JR's chicken. Well, um, there's, there's so many things we can talk about and cover. Um, but I, you know, I want to learn about you and I want everyone okay. else to learn about you because, like I've said okay. before, I've heard these stories from different people over the Mm -hmm. years you know they tell me tidbits here and there but i don't really know you and that's what i want to get get to know right now so let's let's start at the very beginning where where does nick huffman uh where where was he created where where did he start um my parents (laughs) had this duplex on country court (laughs) right um I wasn't there, but I guess it was a good night. Sometime. <laughs> you were there, sort of. You just sort of. You just I, weren't. I was know. supposed to be born on the 29th of September. It was the 6th of October. But before that, I wasn't supposed to be born at all. Um, Mom kept having stomach pains, and she would go to the um, hospital, and they kept calling her a baby and telling her to leave. Oh, you're pregnant. Duh, it hurts, woman. <laughs> they, it, well, it turns out. Miss Pouty had a ruptured appendix. While she was pregnant? Yes. And um, they were told, because it was, uh, what's the right word? It was early enough where I shouldn't have made it. So they they flat out told my parents there was no chance of me. Let's try to save her. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm-hmm. The phone's ringing. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, I thought Beavis got excited. <laughs> I forgot to mute the phone. It's cool. Um, it happens. So when they went and did surgery and they found me and they found a heartbeat, they still thought there was no way I'd survive. Um, Do you know how like premature you were at this? You I'm know not many... positive. I ended up uh-huh. being born a week late. It was September 29th, oh. and I was born the 6th of October. Okay, so, right. So they um, ended up, they were able to keep you in. Yeah. So. Okay. 
obviously whatever's wrong with me brought us here. <laughs> <laughs> it but all started with that ruptured. Yeah, that's how it started. Um, an only child, or, or not a ruptured spleen? You said appendix. No, um, or did you say spleen? I'm uh, sorry. Appendix. It was appendix. So. And I ended up having the same thing in 2004 or five. So it kind of runs in your family then. Apparently. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then I think most people are probably familiar with Tara Sue Huffman, Christopher Meyer, Timothy Buss. Deal. Yes. Yeah. That, that was going on when I was just a very little kid. Wait, and how old are you? I'm 31. 31. Okay, so I so was for, like three or four maybe well, when that was going on. When Tara was murdered. Um, Tara, actually, I don't remember. That was that in 81. One. She was my dad's little sister. And my parents worked, and when they went to work, my grandparents watched me. T wait, Timothy Buss had? No, no. This is something else. Um, Timothy Buss killed somebody before Christopher Meyer, and that okay. was my dad's little sister. Okay. Who was my first friend. We, That's who I was with every day at my grandparents' house when they watched me. She's the one who taught me how to count. She taught me how to catch frogs and snakes. Sorry, John Hebert. <laughs> and my gravity was the first thing. Yeah, that's where that came from. Blame her. Um, so my first friend, you know, was taken from me in the, in the worst way possible. How old and were you at that time? I was, I wasn't two yet. And, but the crazy thing is I have memories of it that night. Um, and my mom said she has no idea how I can recall this because it's detail for detail. Mom was cool, you know? She'd, I, she wouldn't take a bath with me, but she'd sit on the outside of the tub because sure. she was nice and not weird. <laughs> and, but I had these little tubs of uh, little toys, you know, sure. and I'd play with, you know, splashy deals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was playing with those, lining them up outside the tub, doing whatever made sense in my little head. And um, the phone rang. Mom went to answer the phone, which she'd never, ever walked out of the room on me before, but she knew what was going on with Tara, and I did not. And mom didn't come back. It was the first time I was in the bathtub by myself and I didn't have her and I didn't know what was going on and I was terrified. I was going to say, you must have been very terrified. And that's when she got the call that Tara was killed. Um, Timothy Buss, who was a neighborhood kid, um, not only did he kill her, he found her. So. See, uh, that's, that must, what, what year was that? That was 81 in May. Okay. Say that that that's why I, I'm surprised. I'm just now like I'm literally just now learning about well, that. I yeah, did so not he, know he was sentenced to 25 years. He was tried as an adult. Um, another local guy by the name of Jake Gadboys made a documentary when he was in college called Kankakee Tragedy. Mm -hmm. It's on Vimeo. If you watch that, it's like 12 minutes or so, and. I'm the first voice in it. He had no idea, though. This is kind of funny that when he was using B-roll footage in the beginning, he uh -huh. was showing Aroma Park because that's where Christopher was abducted from. Okay. He shows the river going by some sticks, and you see a fishing line hanging off the thing. That was a night line I used to put out there when I was catfishing that nobody knew about. Oh. <laughs> I saw it on that video, and I, I laughed so hard that he captured that. <laughs> that's where I I caught a, my stepson at the time, Austin. Um and I were out there fishing before school and before work, which I ended up having to call off that day because we went to pull this fish in. Water got in the boat, and the boat sunk at that very location. Wow. So Tara <laughs> Tara was how old? She was five. And how old was Timothy? Um, 13. So he wasn't, I mean, so he was 
what he would have been in his early 20s when he took timothy or when he Um, took uh christopher i mean i'm not positive how long he was out and well it's for that 81 the trial would have been 82 83 ish christopher was 94 or 95 somewhere in there he's in his 20s yeah yeah and but he got you said he got did he actually he got sentenced for 25 25 but at the time they only had to do half time and you know, being a good guy, he got out at fifty percent. Yeah, that was a tongue in cheek, folks. Yeah, the good guy thing. Um, and I'm sure, like the reaction when you found out the news about, I'll never forget that day. Um, yeah, Tom Lambert was my best friend as a child, and um, I'm not sure what we're supposed to say instead of midget but <laughs> <That's okay>. he, um, <laughs> he was one of those people and he got got a car and he picked me up in it and it was the coolest thing ever because he had seat cushions that raised him up and pedal extenders i was gonna say so yeah. he and i were driving around town listening to that ski low song i wish i was a baller <laughs> and um we went and saw my grandparents and nothing was wrong everything was fine we left my grandparents house and went I lived at 2809 North Osage Drive out by the Bourbon Ace Merchants Club. So that's about an eight-minute or so drive. We drove there to show my parents, and immediately, Dad goes, get in the car. Okay, well, come look at something. Get in the car, boy. Uh, okay. What's going on? Shut up. And, I, and wow. I'm... I don't know what's going on. Yeah. We're, and I knew that we were going to Grandma and Grandpa. I'm like, they're fine. I just left there. Well, we pull up just in time for my Uncle Roger, Dad's brother. I see him come running down the alley. I don't know if he had shoes on, but he had no shirt on. He jumped the fence. They had a chain link fence like it was a hurdle. He came running in, and right behind him, all the news um, trucks came. Oh, my God. So apparently in that time where we left my grandparents' house and went home, so they, they could see Tommy's car, and we turned down ski low, so Dad didn't uh, – yell at us <laughs> um is when the news came that that's who it was now the family every single one of them except for me is going to tell you that they thought that the sketch looked like timothy bus look up timothy bus look at the sketch you tell me it does not look like him at all but i understand why they would think it you know there's no way a 13 year old kid with a round face now looks like a grown man with a long face and a mustache it's whatever so when you but, saw it you didn't think it was no I, I was um at the time i'd had three jobs one of them being at the the it was an amico food station on kennedy drive where they'd pump your gas i think i remember so i was out there pumping that. gas for everybody and that was the big talk of the town right then yeah not one time did i hear timothy bus's name when everybody was talking about it um but that's who it was. Um, and I ended up going to the trial as much as I could. I was there when he was sentenced. And uh, I was going to say, did your family have to get involved with that at um, all? They didn't have to, but they did. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it because I, I think some of them just had nothing better to do. Well, <laughs> you kind of wonder they, if, I, I mean, I don't, um, did any of them have to testify just no, to kind of, okay. No, because it's Wasn't, a separate crime. But I, they, they weren't allowed to even bring up the fact that he was a murderer in the trial. Oh, they weren't. Okay. No. I wasn't sure how that worked because I, I didn't know if the, uh, the prosecutor could be like, look, he's got this 
you know. No, but if you're ever on the witness stand, one thing I learned once a point in time is you could never unring a bell. Remember that. <laughs> oh, so what? What? So okay, okay. So you you go to your you back to your grandparents' house with your you go dad. back to my grandparents' house. My grandma had a walker at the time, and. Oh, I, ha- I have one now. As funny as that is, <laughs> I, I tore my left ACL. But grandma, my grandparents were hillbillies. Okay, mm-hmm. straight up. Um, she was like the grandma in the Beverly Hillbillies. Only she didn't drink, and she would beat the tar out of that woman, give him a chance. She'd get in fights in the bingo hall. Oh my God, one <laughs> I'm, of those. I'm not even kidding. She, yeah. she, one night, my great grandma, which so my grandpa's mother, jumped up and said she picked up a cast iron. Uh, skillet and she said she was going to hit me with that utensils what she called it my my grandma jumps out gets her fist out and is running at her no you will not now then my grandpa comes out of the bathroom naked because he was in the shower <laughs> damn it mom she will too knock it off um so grandma was a little rowdy she was riding a three-wheeler yeah, and when uh-huh. she was pulling into the garage her foot caught the garage and it snapped her foot backwards so she had a broken foot oh okay and uh, so she's out there on her walker. Um, some of the neighborhood kids, um, Beth Mayhood, I can still tell you, wearing a camouflage coat, was sitting down on the other side of the fence. I mean, I remember these details very vividly. And uh, it was surreal. They, the family had to live through it again. You know, immediately when Timothy Buss was a suspect, they hadn't found Chris yet. So that some of the family went to go see Micah, which is Christopher's mother, and, you know, then, oh, we're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And Mike is like, why? You know, he's not dead. Hmm. But everyone else already knew better. She didn't know who Timothy Buss even was. So, um, you know, as a kid, I wasn't riding my bike alone anymore. I wasn't allowed in aisles by myself anymore. And... um I learned at that very early age that you you keep people close to you that you love and you don't do stuff like that, you know? Fast forward to um, age 12, 13, something like that. My dad was in Canada on a hunting trip during my birthday. Now, his best friend was a guy by the name of Russell Vining, which people around the area might have known, not for anything good. Um... He'd been calling all day, every day. Is Randy there? That's what he sounded like. And no, Russell, he's not back yet. Okay. Well, finally he gets back. We're going to go out for pizza for my birthday. We're going to go to Skinny's up on Route 50. Oh, yeah, I remember Skinny's. And on the way, Dad stopped, stopped by Russell's shop, which was right behind the Speedway on 50. There was a trailer that sold cars. Dad walks in. Over 20 squad cars come in pulling him out. So now I'm running out of the car to go... Um, your dad's got a look on his face, bug-eyed. I'll never forget it. Like he he had no idea what in the world just happened. Um, well, his um, best friend, I guess, had got caught with not only with some underage girls, but he beat some beat them half to death to avoid his own time. He wore a wire and said that he'd um, do whatever he could to make amends. That was the words that. Yeah. Yeah, so... So Russ was one of those people that he gave up, right? Uh, no, Dad was one or of da- the ones. Oh, you're... Oh. Yep, so much. So now, and it's not that Dad wasn't guilty of some of those things, mm-hmm. 
it was the fact of how it happened. You know, best friend since childhood. This is the age where you didn't, you couldn't text to see if your friend was coming over. You actually had to be friends. Yes. Um, which is a whole nother degree of low. So like on Christmas morning, you know, mom's at work because without that, we don't have anywhere to live. You know, I remember opening the door sometimes and there were strangers unloading groceries to us that were dad's friends. Um, but Christmas morning, my friends had called, uh, hey, we got blah, blah, blah. And I'm hurrying them all off the phone because all I wanted to do was hear that phone ring so I could talk to my dad. Between those two events, that explains a whole, whole lot of who I am as far as when I care about people. And still to this day, I'd step in front of a bullet for people that don't give a damn whether I live or die. Because I, that's who I am. I won't do to them what they did to, them, did to me. That's a, there's just no words to describe. No. Going from Tara and then so many years. So when, when did that happen? Oh, you said you were 12, Um, right? You're 12. It was 12 your, or 13. It was, one, you know, one or the other. And that would have been about what, about what year? Um, 90, early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wanting to say it was 91, but for some reason I hear dad's voice saying 93, mm -hmm. which could just be yeah. something else. But I know I, I got curious recently and thought, oh, you can Google anything. So yeah. I Googled dad's name and Russell's name to see if any of that stuff had come up. Yeah. None of dad's cases were in there, but there were two appeals things that were from other people that were arrested in the same thing, Jerry Carricker and Jerry Alexander. And... I, I went to Jerry Carricker's stuff as well because when they'd go to court, you know, they were chained together back in the days where the guys would go to court. But I wasn't worried about Jerry's stuff. I was in your, your when dad, I read right. when I read the appeal thing, I, I, I had tears rolling down my cheeks in the most literal sense. Jerry wasn't guilty of anything except maybe, you know, running his mouth a little bit. It, it was um, manufacturing an automatic weapon was the big charge. And there was also stolen camera equipment that he was never charged for, that he was sentenced for. I, I'm going to say that again. He wasn't charged or tried for it, but he was sentenced for it. It's really screwed up. And the appeals thing found, you know, it was warranted, the appeal. But in the process, you heard Jerry at least 50 times say he was not going to commit this crime because he had charges. Russell made him like when Russell would say things like you're doing nothing for me, boy. He was the biggest bully. The town's probably ever seen. Jerry was a little older guy. He's being pushed around. Um, I could say that pretty certainly. Um, he basically took, not basically he did put him in his car, took him to a shop and made him do it. And he was found guilty. My heart sunk. Jerry Carricker should have never been in prison for that. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So what, so what exactly were the official charges on for, your father? Oh, man. So these are fun. There, there were four counts of arson, attempted murder on a cop, a gun charge, and solicitation of perjury. The, the attempted murder on a cop thing didn't occur. Um, and this was on who again? 
dad. Yeah. Yeah, those were Well, I mean, like, against, it was the, you said underage girls? No, no, that was all Russell. That was all Russell. Yeah, that was Russell. That's what I'm trying to, yeah. So So what did. He did, he wasn't a man enough to do his own time, you know? So he wore a wire. Just like his kid. So, so how did your dad get stuck with this then? Um, instead of doing his own time, he, he made a trade deal. He's nine of his closest friends, everything you could find that they did wrong. He proved it, got it recorded, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but yeah, I just want to say that there was no attempted murder on a cop. That was a charge. Um, there was a situation with one of dad's friends, Roy Payne, who owned the looking glass, um, Hair salons where Bulls Barbecue ended up in Kankakee and then just a block uh, north of us where Village Grill is. Those were hair salons. Roy was like five feet tall, but just littler guy, but he had freakishly big forearms and there's no one he could, couldn't beat arm wrestling. <laughs> he beats this cop arm wrestling and now it's personal and the cop plants a gun in his car. You know, so dad says something about shooting the cop's windows out uh and then there it snowballs. So it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as bad as it sounds is yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, um, get, I get what you're saying now. Right. Yeah, Dad hated automatic weapons. Hated them. In fact, that was in one of the um, things when, one of the appeals things, if you look it up, that they, they talked about the one Randy had, and then they said but that he converted, which is the case because he couldn't stand them. So those are only good for one thing, and it's nothing he was about. He liked to hunt and collect. So, but yeah, the, those two things, man. I, I can't stand people that do their friends dirty. Yeah, you know, if you're that person to your friends, who are you to me? Mm-hmm. Let's let's go back to I'm, I'm curious to how. So. What what else did you see from your side of when the uh, Christopher uh, and Timothy bus, the Christopher Meyer and, and Timothy bus? What what was the the next thing you remember from well, that? That I mean the courtroom stuff. First, that's when um, our family met Micah and and her kids, and uh, watching them relive it. Because even though I remember that in the bathtub thing. I have flash memories of Tara, but nothing, I couldn't tell you stories, you know? So that part didn't come back to me. Um, Watching them go through it, though, was hell. And watching Micah go through it for the first time, you know, there was a day in the courtroom where they showed pictures and described exactly what um christopher went through I, I don't remember how many times he was stabbed it was 20s or more it was it was i, I want to say it was like triple that it, and there was, I, it was a lot that's just all was, i remember the thing was though that i got hung up on and i think she did too is that there were defensive wounds on the inside of his hands man i just know the last time i looked up the the case on christopher and like I said, I can't remember the exact number either, but I instant like I'm getting chills up and down my spine right now. Just oh thinking yeah, about so, it. so am I. Just like uh, that, like how the it's just psychotic. Like who in their right mind stabs someone that many times? It's just that to, to answer that question, 
it has to come from a place of pleasure of some kind or power. Yeah. And I just don't understand that. No. Not at all. Um, on the flip side, you know, because of the things that I just told you, throw me in a room with him and I'll triple it. <laughs> it you know, because to me, Timothy Buss isn't a person. I don't look at him the same way that I look at you or, I mean, because he also with Tara, when they found her, they found her right over here in uh, Soldier's Creek, which actually runs underneath this building. I was going to say, aren't we like right by Soldier's Creek? Oh, it's uh, It's, probably 30 yards behind us. There's a manhole cover that we could go fishing in. So they found her not at this part of the creek, but on the other side of Route 50 by the dump. Okay. Um, And when they found her, there were um, sticks from the yard that were shoved inside of her that penetrated her intestines. So he did that to her as well. He put her in a barrel that he borrowed from the neighbors and put it in a wagon and um, pulled the wagon from where he lived over on the 100 block of um, North Quincy down to the dump, which I believe is four blocks. And... There were a lot of people, because it was a nice day in May, um, sitting outside that say they saw the barrel moving and they never questioned him, which if that's the case, I never put a lot of weight in that because I've met 300 of Tara's best friends, okay? All 400 and 300 are liars as far as I'm concerned. So I don't know that they all really saw the barrel moving, but if that's true, you know, she was still alive at that point and died by herself in a creek. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's bone chilling. Uh, yeah. I mean, still to this day, I, the police, had, I, I um, emceed and booked the Bradley Fire Department's uh, fish fry for as long as, at least a decade. I was <laughs> there early one day and just ordered a Coca-Cola. And I've got the sex offender list pretty well, at least a lot of it memorized by face. One of them goes to walk by me. I set the Coca-Cola down, went and grabbed him, threw him in the alley and came back. And the fire department's like, Nick, what are you doing? Child monster. I'm not, I'm not going to drink a Coke and look at him. The police had to come and go, Nick, will you please quit throwing child molesters out of the event? Well, I'm so, sure I've, obviously that stems from your childhood. Absolutely. So uh, when, when was the, the point in your uh, childhood or adulthood that you started like looking up the the sex offender list when they had yeah. one yeah I, I was gonna say <laughs> I, I don't know when that was created or um, how long it's been around but I would imagine it's been around for some time the internet um didn't become a, an available thing to me anyway until high school yeah there was a girl in college at Olivet named Jen that I worked with that brought me to Olivet to show me the internet once Besides that, um, one science class, Mr. Wright's class, had it. And one day he <laughs> challenged us to find the weirdest thing we possibly could. Of course, the school parameter settings were on it. <laughs> right, yeah. But he had a contest. And I remember I found a picture of a midget eating cat poop, and I won. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was allowed to roam free on the Internet, it was on Mancow's website, uh-huh. which is funny because— Right. <laughs> right. Hello, Crystal Ball. <laughs> yeah. How fitting. Well, at that time. So, so it was after that. You yeah. Know, so I was already, you know, I was 17 then, so I was You're already teenager, legally yeah. an adult anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure at that point, once 
those those lists were readily available how how much did you I'd, I'd go looking i'd look and look and just see where these guys live and you know see where the women hung out mm-hmm. kidding about that <laughs> <laughs> so okay let's let's uh let's get into uh, high school for you yeah. um and and i well and kind of go up from there when did when did because comedy was what people kind of knew you by first right and when um, when did that come into play or did you do what did you do before that because you know if, you, if you're not familiar with nick like you you do so many different things like you're an oh, artist I'm, I'm walking add <laughs> but you're an you're an artist you're a comedian you're a bartender you're a just you know there's there's so many artistic things bundled into um well in high school mostly i just kind of did my own thing um, which was shop class. Mr. Belk was my favorite teacher. And I, you know, ADD, I didn't like sitting in class. So he even made, for, so I didn't have to go to study hall on the other half of the lunch hour, a fake job for me that was a garbage supervisor, a garbage monitor. Which, <laughs> garbage which, monitor. Yeah, which basically just meant hang out with Mr. Belk and uh, do that. Well, I, I'd go to shop, wood shop, and then five minutes before the end of the hour, he'd write me a pass so I didn't get in trouble, and I'd go right back to wood shop. Yeah. <laughs> I'd make go-karts, you know, do whatever. Because um, for some reason, he liked me, you know, unlike some of the other teachers. This is the fifth grade wasn't the only hallway instance. Uh, set, sixth and seventh or seventh and eighth, whatever two years I had Mr. Pence <laughs> in um, upper grade, I walked – oh. Okay, it must have just been seventh grade year because I remember walking in the door the first day and he'd pointed to the hallway. I was like, "Really?" But that hallway had. A Wait, s- did you you did you go to Bradley Bourbon? Bourbon a? A. Okay, I went to Bourbon. Right, a. I- um, the hallway had a commons area that had a desk that was sitting on a little stage that was probably eight inches high or so. So that was my desk. It was better than the refrigerator box. <laughs> I was but, gonna say a little bit of an upgrade. But it, there. it was funny because. You know, for 42 minutes a day, I'd sit out there by myself and I was on a stage. So I'd pretend there was a crowd and just do random stuff because I didn't have anything else to do. Um, I didn't always have a thing for comedy. I guess I loved Sam Kinison. I used to watch him through the blurry lines on HBO. Um, <laughs> As we all him. watch many things through those blurred lines on HBO. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. But, yeah, so, but kind of like they used to interrupt wrestling once every few months with the dog show. They got interrupted that stuff with Sam Kinison. <laughs> it was kind of like the adult dog interruption. Um, so it, it was nothing that I really set out to do. Um, I worked at slash ran slash got demoted slash promoted, demoted, promoted, demoted, promoted for Renaissance for like nine years. And in that period, I worked with a guy they called Timo who started producing comedy shows. And I, I was married at the time, owned a photography company. And to him, video, videography and photography is the same thing, even though I tried to explain to him it was not. <laughs> But since he was doing these shows, he asked if I would mind um, taping them once a month for him. Well, the wife and I had just had twins that were they were way early, and um, like we were, I I I'm the one who discovered she was pregnant. She didn't notice. <laughs> How does that work? I, I you literally said, "Look, you're pregnant." No, I'm well, not. The the. 
Renaissance Center district manager had this really dumb idea that we all had to black out our windows and have a, a special invite sale with music and blah, blah, blah. So there's a fog machine. It's really stupid, but it was Halloween. Uh, okay. And um, I'm watching people come through this fog. And in my head, I'm like, man, that'd be hot if she came up here wearing this thing. <laughs> so I said that to her, and she did. And when she came through there, something didn't, I don't know. What I thought was going to walk through the fog wasn't walk through the fog. It wasn't. Did, I mean, I wasn't. Appear, I wasn't saying like Ugh, or nothing like it, that. But but, so, it's but something it was something wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. So it bothered me. Mm-hmm. The next night, I got off work, went to Kmart when that was still a thing, and um, oh, good old Kmart. Bought, bought a pregnancy test. I went home and said, "Take this." She starts flipping out, and I go, "I'll let you flip out on me if I'm wrong." <laughs> so she doesn't come out doesn't come out and then goes well according to this i am well okay so now it's november 1st she was so big by the third week in november that we called my cousin who was voted by local people as the best guy in the area yay her uh, dr goldfain and, oh, okay. and got her yep, in i've met her yep, yep. Got, she got her in really quick for an ultrasound and i'm just kind of sitting there going oh, here we go how in the hell? And while the girl's wanting her, and she, yeah. she looks over at the girl doing the ultrasound and goes, did I see a penis? And just so nonchalant, the girl's, <laughs> yeah, on that one. And she goes, on that one? And she looks over and puts up the number two, and she started screaming and calling God everything but Christian, you know? Oh, my Which got gosh. me laughing so hard because I just knew how terrible that was going to be. Yeah. Um. So your so twins are boy and girl? Uh, identical boys. Oh, they're identical boys. Okay. Yup. Which is payback for I things. Knew, <laughs> I knew and you had twins, but I couldn't they, remember. They had heart monitors. So for the first year, not only are we lugging around twins that wrestle in their own poop when they're asleep. I, why that's a thing, I don't know. <laughs> they hadn't even heard of Gigi Allen at the time. <laughs> Hopefully they still have not. Um, but you've got these seven-pound things. It sucked. So and the the, the we, twins they had a heart a heart condition of, of oh, some kind or you what? You had to ask that, didn't you? Because <laughs> we accidentally tried to bring the wrong twin for heart surgery. Oh my god! We we got halfway to the hospital north oh. and Nicole. You know the smart Nicole's like apparently like Charlie from Charlie's Angels. She's the one who said that stuff to me on the phone earlier that made uh. me stay here. She's like, guys, you got the wrong kid. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? And we looked and went, oh no. Uh, so. Oops. <laughs> um, yeah, they they only one of them had to have the hole in his heart filled, but but we, she had already had two kids. I had one, so now there's five kids, an 890 square foot house, and no day nights. It was awful. So the comedy thing, it was a reason to go do something once a month. But now, you know, again, Sam Kinison is a child. My sense of humor is. So screwed. <laughs> like, it, it belongs on Epstein's Island. It is so bad. It's <laughs> oh, not. Oh, my, my sense of humor is not okay. That is a statement right it, there. I, it's it's bad. But <laughs> belongs on Epstein's but con- Island. But context. I mean, the worst things you go through. The you know. No, it's it's, very, it's what it is. I mean, it absolutely um, matches matches up with so what you've. I, I mean, I didn't think the comics were mostly all that funny, but because Timo, he wasn't a bad comic. He was a, he's great, man. 
but more PG. Mm-hmm. And the the wife, same sense of humor. Um, so now I've got to listen to her about going once a month. It was counterproductive. So I start muttering or uttering things like, you know, y'all just throw me off there. It couldn't be this bad. <laughs> or, you know, I don't know if I can this month, man. My cat that I'm going to get's cousin is sick. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> oh, come on, man. I need you. And I'd go anyway. Finally, he got tired of my mouth and said, all right, next show I'll give you five or ten minutes. And um, ten I can't even say this out loud without um, – even thinking I'm making it up, but it's true. I could show it to you. Um, had the number one comedy record in the country on Amazon 10 months later. It, what year was this? Um, 2010. I started in 09, but in May okay. of 2010, it, 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 it knocked Daniel Tosh out of that number one spot for like <laughs> four seconds, maybe, but enough to count. That's he was, uh, he's. He was pretty big at that point. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He that was, was that was kind of like his his. I'll peak, never forget. Like. And and this is one of those things that to me is extra funny now, but I didn't care about it at the time. I'll tell people I'll go. You know, I woke up one day with Bill Cosby on top of me, and they'll be like, "What?" And then I'll show them the things <laughs> where where my album slid into the top ten. I was at number eight, and Cosby was at number seven. Oh, I still God. have that. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, you know, I didn't have the, that joke, unfortunately, at the time. At the time, yeah. No, it's not topical at all. No, it's not. It's but not. Um, sure enough, I remember I was driving um, the bus, and I had my phone with me that I legally wasn't allowed to have. And you know, they're going to do fire me again. <laughs> you were driving the bus. Yeah, it's like a school bus, or no, a, uh, the a, short bus for Metro. Short. Oh, okay. I didn't um, know you worked for Metro. Sure enough. Okay. After um. Renaissance said we're done with you. Uh huh. And so yeah, some somebody was um stole a whole lot of stuff, like uh-huh. a, a truckload of TVs, and I kept my mouth shut. Wonder where that came from. Hmm. 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 Russell. I wonder. Right. <sighs> so oh well. Okay. And at the time, that was the kind of job where you work so many hours you can't find a new job. Yeah. I knew it was a blessing coming if I just kept my mouth shut. Yeah, you know, um, so my dad has this great idea. We're behind a bus one day, and he goes, "You know, Nick Morris, which is the guy who um always had a if we needed to pick locks, he always had a lock picking deal, <laughs> and he was the first guy I knew who had a VCR, which meant he was cool because I got to watch WrestleMania one when I came out. There you go. Yeah, the dad borrowed. Uh, I mean, that. how cool is that? My dad went and borrowed his friend's VCR so I could watch WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, was a supervisor. He said, you ought to go work with Nick. Union job. And I went, yeah. He didn't tell me it was the worst union on earth and, and all this crap. Like, it sounded really good. But the job was so much fun. I got to work with um, handicapped folks and, and old folks. Now, when I say I drove a short bus, it is exactly what you're picturing. Yeah. I'd bring bring folks to KCTC for work and um, pick them up later, which I'm glad we got into this because a lot of the jokes I've made over time, people get so mad. But let me tell you where these jokes came from. What? what, what oh, um, when I was doing comedy, I, one thing right in the beginning that I said was I was not going to talk about them. 
because because that you I were working such a res- for- well no it wasn't that i mean i don't care about work um <laughs> you know not, i mean that sounds bad but no i, I was still going to be do my thing but you had respect but I liked for them? them you liked them okay. oh my god yeah i still talk to some of them they're awesome um one like craig I, I used to bring with me to um to shows on the road okay he's on one of my albums um i'd bring him up you know it's one like craig it's a it's my buddy one like Greg, um, he's three quarters black, you know, not all the way because of the one leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would intro him. That's, yeah, yeah. But I never used to talk about him until a couple of them came to me and asked me why I didn't. And I was like, well, because I love you guys, man. I, I don't want to do that to you. And they're like, you don't get it. The, we want to be included. That's the whole problem. <laughs> we want to be grilled. And I went, oh, my God. I, I never occurred to me that I was kind of being a piece of garbage by not including them. Mm. Yeah, the, I guess that wouldn't occur to me either. My and, my thought process probably would have been the same as yours, you know. Which, right, um, which spoke volumes to me. Like, I was trying to protect somebody that didn't want it. Yeah. Which, in comedy, the only issues are, you know, people that have ever made a big stink of anything I said all have one thing in common. Middle-aged white women, the world's <laughs> protective species, like Karen, <laughs> Karen, all the Karens, dude, Karen. Oh my God. Karen will protect everyone who doesn't need it. <laughs> I don't get it, but oh well. So, so at that point you're like, okay, so that uh, kind of opened up another pool source of material right it really did but the thing that i learned by watching sam kinnison i I can't say i learned it from him because i've never met him and there was no video but what i noticed is i always felt guilty when i laughed and it and it makes a laugh that you'll recall later case in point you've been to comedy shows i'm sure i've actually never been to a comedy show believe it or not it's common if you go there to Let's say that you and I work at a place that has a water cooler and a file cabinet and a fax machine and, you know, that little corner of hell in our office. <laughs> and we run into each other there on Monday. Hey, Jake, how you doing? Pretty good. How's your weekend? Eh, not so bad. Wife and I went to a comedy show. Yeah, how was it? No, it was good. Was it? Yeah. What'd they say? <sighs> you can never recall unless that joke hit you somewhere. I guarantee later you're going to go, Epstein's Island? God damn, Nick. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that is how I learned how to write. So I've, I've okay. always written from the context of I want to say something that hits you where you feel that guilt that uh, you know you shouldn't have just laughed. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you like don't want to share it because... Oh, right, but you remember it. Sam Kinison, I don't know if you've ever watched him or not. I have um, not. Please, if if you want to splice this bit in here, it's so worth it. There's a world hunger bit that he did back in the 80s. Everybody who's hearing this right now, just stop, watch the world hunger bit, come back if he doesn't. It, that is classic, exactly what I'm talking about. I think it's still probably the best comedy bit ever written. And... It's hard to not laugh, laugh. And it, it's about uh, starving children. So, <laughs> huh. 
a comedy bit about starving children. That 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 I definitely have to go listen to that. Sam grew up um, in Peoria. He was a preacher, actually. He was the son of a preacher's kid, so he huh. was a big guy, and he was really really loud. Um, mm. Because uh, he learned how to preach the gospel, you know what I mean, yeah. and it, that translated on stage. But so I mean, he and he believed in God till the day he died, even though he went way down that rock and roll path. Mm-hmm. But he told jokes that the midnight comedy shows actually became a thing because of him. The late the late shows, because out in L.A., what would happen is the comics would all do their thing. And nobody ever went to those late shows. Well, when you're when you work that dark, people don't put you on the regular shows. So they would throw Sam on the midnight show. There became such a buzz and a word of mouth about him. He became a comics comic immediately because they respected what it was he did. And the room was full of the most important opinions. Really, there were and his career shot through the roof. That's. How I learned how to write jokes, you know, not everybody likes it, but yeah, some people yeah. love it. Well, you know, I mean, they're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I actually need to, um, I need to listen to one of your comedy albums. I oh, actually no, you haven't. Don't. No, I, oh, I want God. to. I really do. They, um, <laughs> well, when the whole point that there was a group of us who did comedy, and. Because of that exact thing that I just said, that's still a stigma. Um, clean comedy sells. Well, we thought, why don't we get the five or six worst of us in the Midwest, put us in a package, and sell the package? There we go. Um, and it worked. So we were intentionally telling the worst jokes possible. It's not that we believed it or cared about it. It's It was what we did. Yeah. Well... Once, and this is going to come back to the Christopher Meyer deal in Terra, when we reopened that safety center, I I went, you know, there's a lot of Karens in this world. <laughs> and I don't like They were it. all there. I mean, I have an Aunt Karen. She's all right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of another one, but I'm having a really difficult time. Um, I had those albums pulled immediately because I didn't want to be doing something good. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're running for president and you're grabbing stuff or, or whatever. I, yeah. I just and you're talking about the me, safety center in Burp Name, right? Just to clarify. Yeah, okay. correct. So um, so it was like it was going to that reopening that that you were kind of like, eh, right? I should probably pull these, right? Because I said, you know, what? we're going to do some good stuff and. The last thing that I want is all of a sudden Karen's all blame Canada, blame yeah, Canada. Right, and now right. all of a sudden the safety center is not going to open because mm-hmm. I told some joke yeah. about something I didn't even care about. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the racist thing got thrown at me a lot, which I hated because if you actually looked at any of those jokes, the joke was always poking fun at white people for being racist in, in some context. It was never, you know... So how did how did how did they peg you as a racist? What exactly? Like, give me an example. If I say that you have a black phone, I'm saying that because I see your phone. Mm-hmm. Just because I said the word black, all of a sudden people's ears are going to shut off, and they're going to tunnel vision into that. Mm-hmm. You know, there. I'll, I'll give you an example of one of them, and I'm, I'll break down how this works. Okay. Once Obama became president, 
I'd start off and say, you know, racism in this country is out of control, people. Out of control. There's a, you know, I just saw that the president has to have inch-thick bulletproof glass, you know, protecting his motorcade. Just because he's black doesn't mean he's going to shoot anybody, you racist pieces of... Um, <laughs> the, the joke was always about white people being racist yeah, or something along the yeah. lines of that, but it would get twisted. Um, I think that's hilarious, but that's it, just me. It is hilarious. <laughs> but now, you know, and, someone and, and might I, be and judging I love me. Him and, I, saying, and, yeah. and I actually, I, I really like Obama. He lifted a no-fly zone for me once. That's a true story. Wait, he what for you? <laughs> I swear what? that there was fifty, probably fifty witnesses. Um, hopefully, some some of them are going to hear this and will comment. Yes, I was in the room um, when my friend Jessica was missing, and we were looking for her. Somebody had, you know, I can't take credit for it. Somebody had the idea to um, run a helicopter. Well, who's got a helicopter? Put your pants on, Dave. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, Maggie, that worked for 106.5. Oh, Maggie Mayfield? Mayfield. Okay. She knew somebody that had a helicopter from up north. She gave me the contact info. And um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I didn't smoke pot or anything at all. I sure did then. Because the the anxiety and when I was so... Well, I found out that if you get next stone, Nick, it's ridiculous. So I'm on the phone with the helicopter pilot. Who says, um, you know, we'd really like to help, but we can't. The President Obama's in town and there's a no fly zone. Well, how do you how do you fix that? That would be the White House, sir. Well, why don't we talk to the White House? That would have to go through air traffic control. Well, why aren't they on the phone? So I'm talking to air traffic control and I gotta pause this to tell you I only talk on speakerphone for the most part. The first iPhone I ever had cracked. And the earpiece part was exposed at a place where if it touched my ear, it would shock me. Oh. Kind of like wow. if you were That's to put wild. a flea in a jar and put a lid on it, it would only jump as high as the lid. And mm-hmm. you eventually you remove the lid, it never jumps out. Same thing. Still to this day, I talk on speaker for the most part. Um, so I'm talking on speaker in front of you know all these people that are volunteering to help that are going, is he going to get the helicopter or not? So they're all hung up on this. Now all of a sudden we're patched through to the White House. Oh, my God. And um, it wasn't 10 minutes. They came back and says, President Obama approves. Now, and the pilot's on there as well. We're going to give you directions that include um, the speed, the, pa- the it was the path of travel, the speed, and the altitude. And if any of those three are breached, you will be shot down. Well, so, so we ended up getting a helicopter to search for her, but we had to get a presidential favor to do it, and we got it. And, so thanks Obama. And then yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks Obama. Obama. Um but that so what's with this Jessica story then? What what um, happened with with her? Why was she missing at this time? She, uh, Valentine's Day she left um uh it was called whatever at the time. Where Oh, that's on um East 360 uh, Southeast uh, Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is where that is. It's where Misfits is now. It's where, wait for it, 360 was before then. See where the name came from? Yeah. Yep. You're welcome, Gigi. <laughs> well, I remember when it, when it was the whatever. I remember that. Um, yeah, she had left, and that Valentine's Day, the roads were ice. It was cold. And when she left, uh, 
she was parked directly across the street from there. So her vehicle was facing the river. She drove straight into it. I re- wait, when was that? Cause I think I remember that now. This would have been five or six years ago. Yeah. To me, everything feels like the other yeah, day. I know it really I does, no but I absolutely remember that now. Yeah. And they looked everywhere, obviously. So, oh, and well, the thing was, um, due to safety, the police and fire couldn't invest any resources, you know, for the safety of officers and whatnot. What, and wasn't the the ice? There was a ton of ice in the river at the time, right? Um, I know there. That particular day, I, I don't know because the conditions fluctuated, but in the yeah. time there was, yeah. And I spent two days, the first day wearing shorts, which was dumb, but hi, I'm Nick, over at, um, <laughs> the right behind the gas station by the dam. Lanny's Bait Shop used to be next to it, just standing there waiting for that car to come out of the water. Now, when I'm standing there, I'm looking kind of diagonally across the river, and there's a park district building that's right there. And at the time, yeah. yep. um, Roy Collins, and I don't care what anybody says, I love that man, was... Uh, in charge of the park district. I called him and said, hey, there's a lot of folks out here in the cold. Do you mind if, if that building is not being used? If we, I said, no, brother, go ahead. So uh, we, we were able to get somewhere warm thanks to him. And um, we just kind of moved in. <laughs> and um, it after the car came up and she wasn't in it it was crazy because we're all standing there and i noticed they're all kind of looking at me like now what and i was like Mm -hmm. wait a minute oh no yeah i do remember that they recovered the car before they recovered her right and and that's how it became you know i again for whatever reason people listen when i talk and i i noticed the eyeballs were looking and i was like shoot that means this doesn't it i mean i'm here because i don't leave my friends behind it's it seems to be a pattern here you know mm-hmm. um little did that group know you know detective um skelly and i would would meet outside of there and he'd keep me updated not giving me info i shouldn't have or anything just you can't trust it with everyone right he had it pinpointed when she was going to come up um now there was always the chance because you don't know that she'd gone over the dam and if so all all bets are off but if she sunk there's something and i've never passed a science class in my adult life so sorry science people you're going to be like oh that's not what it's called nick well it's because i don't know there's some type of gas right yes but the water has to be over certain degrees for three days for for it to be warm enough for the gas to make the body float up now looking at the projected weather skelly had it pinpointed sure enough that's when she came up and she was found over by saint mary's okay so i do remember that and what was the rest of that story now that you bring it up what what did they end up piecing together with how she ended up in the river i don't know that um i mean she i'm guessing in the accident got out um i don't know that there ever was more yeah she they think she i mean she drove straight through the fence yeah and um into the river but they never figured out 
exactly. I mean, her her blood alcohol level showed that she just left a bar intoxicated. Right, because she came from the whatever. Yeah. And then, so it... I guess it was just trying to figure out if they were ever to ever to piece together where, whether it was an accident or an Oh, no, no, it was an accident. It was absolutely an accident. No, I mean, there were people, again, that 10 rule we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. There were people on the internet claiming her her asshole boyfriend did it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was, that's, but he didn't do that. Yeah, that's what I remember. There was apparently a scuffle between them or something that they, day. they got into it on the phone yeah. too right before that i'm not sure what all the details were because i knew we weren't looking at a murder yeah you know right but the longer something goes on the more mouths get to blah 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 absolutely and especially since this happened in the time of social media oh man you know <laughs> thanks to them we got to talk to psychics every single day that told you where she was that none were correct by the way <laughs> I'm so shocked to learn that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I should have told you to sit down first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, psychics. That's, I could do a whole hour on that. I, I'm sure we could. I'm I sure we can't could. stand them. What? So even though I've got to say, Christopher Meyer was found due to a psychic thing. So Really? Uh, where's the, like what's the story to, on that? Um. I'm wanting to say there were rookie detectives or rookie patrolmen, maybe for the county. I don't know if it was like some back of the magazine psychic or whatever, but somehow they'd gotten a psychic's tip. And from what I gather, and if this information's wrong, it's because I was a teenager and that's the way I'm remembering it. It's not because I'm an idiot. It's a long time. I'm an idiot for other reasons. Yeah. I I think they were just out ghost hunting, you know, and they, they found him. Yeah, because it, it was in the state park, right? But I can tell you that the guy whose name rhymes with Rames Bon Cog, <laughs> um, I've been in the room and saw how if they fake the show. I'm in on it. Um, TV psychics aren't real. Sorry, people. Yeah. Shocker, once again. <laughs> and to find out how it was done, number one, pisses me off. Because if you're going to replace existing memories of family members with these for money, who are you as a person? That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like child monster. Just cut them up and throw them in the river. <laughs> Catfish got to eat. They didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> um, it's just not right. You know, is there somebody out there who could predict something? Maybe. Maybe. But it's not them. Mm-hmm. Um. None of them are right. None. Not even close. I've always been skeptical, you know. You you really ought to be. (laughs) So. Well, as a matter of fact, let's pretend that you were going to go see a psychic. Okay. You know, one of them's coming to town and you're excited. You know, the wife loves them. How do you secure tickets? I don't know. Well, you go online and have to pay with. (laughs) How do you pay online? A card. Which has your name, name on, on it. it. Yes. Oh, now we're starting. Yeah. Okay. So right off the bat, and, and they have clauses in there, and it's like this with some concert tickets. They're non-transferable tickets. <laughs> so they know who's sitting in what seats. seats. Yeah. Hmm. It's starting to get interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they also have people that work for the shows that'll wear a wire, like Russell, 
Never let him live that down. Well, he's not alive, thank God, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, we're the wire, and I'll come up and go, hey, I'm Nick. What's your mm-hmm. name? Jake. Jake, have you ever seen him before? No. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Me and my sister went here one time, and she was able to connect with blah, blah, blah. Were you hoping to connect with anybody? <clears throat> Talking to my chest, please. <laughs> God. So now all they've got to do is go out in front of you and put on a show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Once I, I said it. that, you're you're probably like, dang. It, it, <laughs> it's so easy. It's stupid. Yeah. No, it, it all, I mean, it honestly, it all makes sense. So right. it absolutely does. Right. So what I want to know is, okay, from here, you know, you were doing comedy, but then when it came to the reopening of the safety center, which I think I kind of remember that, was that when, was that part of the benefit that was held here and at the Majestic and at some other yep, places? Yeah, that's what it was for. It was okay. here, our bar, and uh, the Majestic. Yeah, I remember that because I was, I actually came here to the Looney Bin because my, uh, my brother Josh uh, played acoustic here for that benefit i remember and so so that was yeah that was around okay who's your brother josh lamore i guess i never put that together yeah yeah i I went to school with mindy lamore forever mindy okay i i I don't think i know who mindy is that's why i don't associate people by last names because (laughs) well i don't know i'm not the huffman's catering people i I know who they are we're not related yeah Um, well that's that's exactly it so my dad is an only child, and then his father is an only child. So it really kind of cuts off a lot of the, right, you know, extent. So I, I've got two older brothers. I'm the baby. But, like, I don't have a lot of close Lamore cousins, you know. Like, my closest Lamore cousin is, like, a third or fourth cousin, and he's a lot older than me, you know. So, um, but, so the, I remember that benefit. And that would have been right around like 2011 ish. Yeah, I was thinking something the same like, thing. Something in my head. like that. It, maybe 12, even. Somewhere around there. We opened in 2010. Yeah, that's um, what I want to know. How, how did you come into play with Looney Ben? How did you. One day how did that I, was, I was at work and I got a text from my dad. This is Dr. Judy's on sale. Cheap. What do you think? How cheap? He told me, and I went, yeah? Well, at the time, that's when I was doing comedy. Oh. And uh, things were going really well there. So Dad and I talked. And um, he made a deal on a napkin and had her sign it. Really? Um, yes. It was that cheap. Well, wow. then we find out that we couldn't just buy the building where the bin was. You had to buy the rest because six of them all on one piece of property because the the creek means that you're in a flood zone, even though it hasn't flooded since, um, what was that guy's name? Moses <laughs> <laughs> or Noah? Noah. Yeah. Noah. Noah. Yeah. Um, one of those biblical guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. I barely remember that. You know, the fact that I remember Tara is impressive. So, so do you still own all of these buildings on this? Um, How m- Mom does. It, it's a weird breakdown. Okay. So, yeah, so he and I, he and I, both of our dreams were kind of the bar business. So we wanted to go do that. Well, mom gave no F words about the um, bar business, but he and I are the kind of guys that you don't put on paperwork unless you have to. 
because we might accidentally screw up. <laughs> she won't. She's dude. My mom is amazing. Like the fact that she put up with him at sainthood. You know, hopefully she had a little easier with me. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she was in because we were in. But so what had happened is um, her and I bought the business and then dad bought the property. They were so, separate. Correct. Okay. Um. Now, when he died, it, you know, the thirds went to halves. And she wanted nothing to do with it at all, so she sold. But she'd made a lot of friends here over the years. And after a couple of years, you know, she missed it, and uh, it, it was time. So she bought back, and, uh, dude, my mom's the coolest. Like, so we're partners. Okay. And there's nobody I'd rather be partnered up with in that sense. You know, the other way is weird. So you own <laughs> the business, and she owns the property. Correct. Okay. Correct. So that's how that goes. Okay. Now, as far as that goes, um, you know, there's no, um, what's the right term? There, there doesn't seem to be much of a line there. I mean, if something needs done over there, I'll handle it and just go, hey, blah, 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 blah. And likewise with this, you know, it's not one of those things where nobody's throwing their weight around saying, well, I'm blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to renting stuff here, I'll make deals with folks. She'll make deals with folks. It's whatever. So, so yeah, what what are all the buildings that are encompassed here um, then? Well, where we're sitting, like I said, that photo, Yeah, let's get into that now. This um, was called the North Kankakee Electric Light and Rail Club or Rail and Light. I always have to go back and get them backwards. The trolley. Yes. You know? Mr. Rogers was right here, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, because it was like they called it North Kankakee because they were trying to make Bourbonate their neighbor. Yep. <laughs> That's where the route went. Was uh, the, the route went from Kankakee to um, Bourbonnet. Yeah. And was this here, the? Do you know if this was the? This would have been the the same electric line that Cobb's owned, right? Cobb or, or not Cobb? Uh, no, Cobb. Emery Cobb, right? Wasn't it Emery Cobb that owned the electric line? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I know that when I read about this one, it says uh -huh. there was another one in Kankakee that might have went a different direction. Maybe that's the one, one he owned. This, the, okay, this one was separate. That must mm -hmm. have been the one he owned, and then this one was owned by somebody else. Do you? And you're not sure? I, I'm wanting to say it was... Um, had something to do with, like, General Electric. And the reason I say oh. that... You see those weird looking old people? I was going to ask you what that, that picture or portrait if or what. You can't see it because of the thing with the license plates. Okay. You actually have to go look. But the, those are two four by eight wooden panels that have, I think they're mobsters, actually, because the one on the very left in the front looks like Babyface. Um, Babyface Nelson? Yes. Do, do you own by face? If so, no, I don't think I know him by face. I mainly know him by name. I don't know if I could pick him out of the picture, though. Um, One of the Wolfie who tattoos at one of the Kankakee places saw that and went, that's Babyface Nelson. And I went, huh? And I looked it up and I went, 
Okay, the guy all the way to the left? To the left. Who you notice he's holding us? They're all yeah. cigarettes. I yeah. never thought of them as mobsters. I thought they were people. Yeah. Well, once he said that, now I'm kind of looking at the other ones. And those guys in the back look pretty shady. Yeah, they Especially they the look. One, you yeah. can't see him, but on this side, it looks like he's about to pick the woman's pocket. Yeah. No, they look um, pretty serious. I mean, <laughs> after he said that, I'm going. You know, those might actually be mobsters. Um, but. One of those panels says the words General General Electric. The other one says research. Now, symmetrically, no matter which way you put it, the people don't match up. The words aren't spaced properly, which means there's at least a third panel that I've never seen. Those two were in this building. At where they came from, why they why they exist, I have no idea. So I, when you when you bought when you guys bought the building, these those were upstairs. These panels were here, and I thought they were the coolest thing in the world. So I just kind of bring them wherever. Wherever you're at, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah that know. is super cool. But I don't know what they are. I don't know what they're from, because the General Electric and Research, or Research General Electric, were a part of the phrase. But there's at least another panel that I don't know what it says. Hmm. Have you had anyone come look at them? I mean, feds. I don't know any mobsters. <laughs> um, I just feel so like I, any local historians. I, I don't know, you know any. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I know um, Greg in the museum, but mm -hmm. that's that's not the trolley joint or whatever. Mm -hmm. I've actually I thought about this. You know, when you were coming here, because I'm going to show you the building at some point and all that. Yeah. I've never actually been to the trolley car. You know, I've gone to see it when it was closed. Yeah. But I've never actually got to check it out, and it came from here, and it's downtown of the museum. Yeah, I didn't. I was trying to remember. So the I actually have seen it, and I've been inside of it. Um, I've seen it through the window. Yeah. So my my son's obsessed with trains, like okay. most four year olds are, right? And so we went over there to the museum one day, and one of the the volunteers there walked us, you know, through all the the, the Pullman car and the caboose. You know, they got out there, and he showed he opened that building up and showed us the, the trolley. Cabooses were always my favorite when I was a kid. Like, yeah, when I'd go outside. My mom would be like, "Look, there's one." Yeah, my same thing here. But I would always, my mom would always tell me to look for the caboose, and now they don't have cabooses anymore. I, I you know, after we said <laughs> that, I was thinking to myself, "When's the last time I've seen a caboose?" <laughs> Saw a caboose, yeah. I feel like my probably like my childhood was like the last of the cabooses. But anyway, so so I've been inside that. Uh, trolley I've seen it and I couldn't remember what part of Kankakee it was from but you're telling me that it's from North Kankakee from right here okay and right on the other side of my back office door here mm -hmm. that there's a spot where you'll I trip over it all the time because I patched it up like a hillbilly like there's a hole in a piece of wood that I just kind of put another piece of wood and screw over the top of that there's a bay that's probably seven or eight feet deep uh, four or five feet wide and I don't know, 20, 25 feet long that was has something to do with the trolleys. Man, I got to check this out. There used to be a um, a disc, I guess, in the front of here where it would turn the trolley completely around okay. where it would go out on route. Yeah, that would make That's sense. That's why, like I said, where we're sitting now was the, was the front of the building where the people were standing for that photo. Now, that photo, if you look in the background, there's that apartment building, the brick one. Yeah. 
if we were to go outside, that building has not changed. Wow. So you could find the exact reference point of where the photo was taken and go, oh, my God, really? Man. See, I never realized that all these years. Right. That Most this people w- haven't. That, like, I always knew that this has been here for a long time, and it was always part of something from years ago, but I never knew it was part of the, the trolley Yeah, it's, I just always thought it was a big, worthless building. <laughs> yeah, I thought, it, I just figured, it, you know, something was manufactured here at some point, or, you know, and that was that, was that but... No, not... The fact... The, yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So... Everything that we've done in the building, other than a couple sheets of plywood for this and that, has all came from within the building. Like, if you look behind me, you'll, there's uh, windows that I've got it where Pennywise is looking through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's looking through a window, yeah. Underneath it, you can't see it because there's stuff in the way, but there's a one that mimics that that's got a little kid looking in the window. And they're, they're three-panel windows. Uh-huh. So on the middle one, you've got Pennywise's face. On the other one, he's holding a balloon and... Oh, on the other one, he's got a hand with an eye in it. <laughs> it doesn't happen in the movies. I just wasn't sure what to do with the it other just, hand. Yeah. But yeah. the bottom one it, that mimics it, below him, there's a kid that says, help, and me <laughs> in his <laughs> oh hand. But those are the old windows from up front. Oh, okay. That they're still in the building, and they were broken, and mm-hmm. people just never threw them out. Well, what do you do with old broken iron windows? Mm. Make art. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I love. Is uh, I just I like incorporating things that were here into it and just right. kind of repurposing it. So to kind of give you a description of the the room we're oh, sitting in right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, so <laughs> uh, and you know uh, Nick can get into more detail uh, with this with you, but there was a a fire that happened here within the last year. Billy Joel didn't do it. He's an innocent man. <laughs> he didn't man. start the fire. He's an innocent man. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, um, it left this room we're in, it left it charred. And so Nick decided to just make art of it out of it. Uh, well, as I mentioned earlier. Well, three of the, three uh, of the walls were, um, you know, made out of wood and drywall and whatever. One of the walls was um, stone and brick. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the one wall that was brick and stone, which we didn't know, um, when the fire came down, it was charred. And I went, wow, there's a broken window that, you know, has been blocked in, but the iron is still there. There's a brick wall, and we had no idea it, it was like that. We left the char marks because I don't, like I said earlier, if I think a statue is stupid, I just drive by it. I don't blame Canada. Karen, take it down. Yeah. So, yes, a fire happened here. Yeah, it was horrible. But it's who where we came from. So I left the char marks, and the things that are painted in it were painted in the, the space in between. It's just, it started. My friend Bunny was here. You can't see the, the top of his head now. But at the very, very top you'll see a headless guy with a chainsaw. Yeah. Well, I, we were sitting here talking after the fire, and I went, hold on a sec. I jumped up with paint real quick. I said, that looks like Leatherface with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> so there he is. Well, now you've got a brick wall. Okay. What do you think of when you think of the wall? <clears throat> the wall. The wall, so okay. got Pink Floyd, the wall. Yeah, stuff. Yep. The, I see it. I'm going to say this and step away and come back just from there to here to show you something, but... There was one missing brick in that wall that was a block, okay? Uh Well, I had 
a Nightmare on Elm Street glove that, I mean, Robert Englund and I have pictures together on them that it was made by the same people who made his. Well, guess what was in the room when, during the fire? That glove. That glove. Okay. So in that missing block, I painted it like the furnace from Nightmare on Elm Street. So even though my glove's ruined, I put the Freddy glove in the Freddy furnace. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I... I love how uh, I love how you take these situations and you just you 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 beautify them in a way. Um, you know, I don't know if beautified is the right word, but the well, one thing that I've learned throughout my life, which I haven't always been this way, it's one of the things you got to be kicked in the head enough to get the brain damage. I think to feel, this way. <laughs> but um, like right now. I've, um, I mean, 2020 sucked for everybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. Prior, prior to that, I mean, I snapped both of my biceps, not one, but both separate occasions. There's five discs in my back where, um, the vertebrae is inside of them. I can't find somebody to do surgery. It's, it's awful. Um, but it makes walking difficult. Since then, I've broken my chin, my neck, my right my elbow, my right foot, and I just tore my left ACL. It hurts, man. <laughs> you know, um, everything is difficult. And there's not a moment of the day where my pain level isn't like at least an 8 out of 10. I will not take pain meds. I kind of view that as a seesaw. If you put the weight of how much everything hurts on this side... For me, to make it back to normal, they have to put equal to that in stuff that I'm not putting in my body. Yeah. Because I know what the opioid crisis is. I'll be dead if if I have to do that. So I live with it. But I am so freaking grateful to be alive. Um, Just weird. Because you think it, I'd just be like, end it. <laughs> you know, which, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't have a death wish. I've, I've had a hell of a run. And, and if it's my time, so be it. I'm happy. I'm good with it. But, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to go that route. I just look, I'm a, I just appreciate the things that um, I have. And um, I can tell you the moment where everything had changed, honestly. I'd just gone through a divorce and it was ugly. I, Lost my job, went to file unemployment, couldn't get it because there was an illegal alien that stole my ID. It took 13 weeks for unemployment, which when I finally got it because of the child support thing was worthless. Um, came out to like a hundred some bucks a week. Thanks guys. So I was also, you, you do some stupid stuff sometimes. Well, you no. might not, but I do. Oh, no, no, no. Believe me. I, <laughs> um, you know, I've, we all have our, our uh, skeletons in the closet. You so, know, so even though, uh, you know, life was like that, the thing about relationships or whatever are, you've got some people that catch their spouse doing something or whatever, immediately they're on Facebook crying for sympathy. No, not me, because I realize the moment your friends and family turn, it's over. So I shut up about things for a long time. Like I had nowhere to, to freaking go. I was living in a garage floor because 
you know, I'd pull my truck in there. I just didn't have anywhere to go right behind here. Um, because once people knew, there was no hope. Um, well, at one point, I, I just had nowhere to go and nothing to do. So I parked down by our bar, and I was down there for days um, fishing. I could fish forever. I don't even eat fish. <laughs> I, you, just I just, like, you just like fishing. Right. And I was actually across the river sitting at a, a park bench. It was early in the morning. And um, this guy is maybe, he had to be in his 60s. A homeless guy comes up to me, and he goes, you sure look like you can use this. And he hands me this bottle of pop that, um, you know, I grew up in Bourbonnais. Would, like, our most non-coke or pepsi thing was like rc and then diet right when i was a kid there was there was nothing past that yeah fago maybe later if you <laughs> yeah. go to the jewel on washington there's 80 flavors of things i've never seen as a kid <laughs> and like this one was one of those in red like wildwood country sweet mm-hmm. you know i don't know i couldn't tell you what the name of this thing was but if you and i went out to eat and they set this down at the table we'd be like what in the hell is this? <laughs> but at that moment, when that guy gave me this warm um, bottle of pop, I had tears rolling down my face because it meant more to me than anything in the freaking world. Well, why? It's the same pop that I had a bitch about in a restaurant. It was at that moment that I realized sometimes I just have my head up my ass. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to appreciate everything little. So you, I don't, I don't think about the things that were taken. I, I think about the things I have. That's always the best way to look at things. It really is. I and I, I will not let things outside of the room I'm in affect me. I don't care if the military's kicking that door down. I'm going to enjoy my time with you until I see the whites of their eyes. Oh, so is that what I hear behind us? <laughs> Oh no, that's I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> that's TT Johnson, the boxer. Is the <laughs> No, I that's that's something I always when when I'm when my head is in the right place and I'm actually appreciating what is actually at my hands or what or whatever space I'm in at the time and I'm actually appreciating that, I feel so good. But then anytime I get out of that and my head gets in this bad place i am just not i'm not happy because i'm not thinking about like what i actually have at this time is incredible and at the end so i've learned to just be happy with what i'm doing um where i'm at Gigi, that i was talking about earlier that owned 360 yeah she'll tell you um every year christmas shopping she'd make me go with her because I was the only person she knew that could go women's clothes shopping all day long for 14 hours while she's doing this, that, and the other, and not be in a bad mood and be uh-huh. fun. Plus, random Nick fact, I could pick out women's clothes like nobody you've ever yeah? seen. And she'd be in there changing, and I'd be like, okay, hold on. I'd go find something on sale, switch something out, and come back and be like, here, try this. And she will like, eh, I don't know. And then put it on. I'm like, oh, my God, it's my favorite. <laughs> I don't know why. Hey. We all have our gifts, um, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> mine are weird. <laughs> That's um, all right. So, I just I've I've learned how to be happy with what I'm doing, not with what I don't have. Yeah. And yeah. honest to God, you know, to me, what's the right word? It's not wealth. Um, 
some people try to pile money, you know, and I don't think it's having the most money that makes people happy. It's being able to do the most with what you have. Because when you're trying to acquire, it's because there's a thirst, you know? Yep. There's a reason. I've got to stab him 10 more times. There's this weird thing going on in your head that you're not satisfied. And I'm satisfied. I'm great. I mean, if things get better, great. Um, But the blessings I do have, I definitely don't take for granted. There's yeah, there's there's more positives than than negatives when, for when it sure. comes down to it. For sure. Yeah. Um like I said, I definitely haven't always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm I'm definitely that way now. Yeah. And and I'm sure I would imagine um you know I know you stopped drinking uh quite some time ago now. Uh, it was over Is 4 it, years, yeah. Yeah. So and, and I'm sure that has probably been a part of your, uh, um, you know, journey to 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 the to your present day thinking. I, maybe know. so. I couldn't tell you. I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. But <laughs> it, it didn't bother me any. But you know, some other folks mm-hmm. didn't like me as much. <laughs> Why did you? Um. Well, it was funny. I went and saw. You know, it was a med refill trip that you've got to go to the doctor or whatever. So, okay, did they call you through blood test results? Because when you're fat, look, it doesn't matter what I'm going there for. Yeah, do blood work. Okay. Have fun, fatty. And I mean, I sit, I don't say that tongue in cheek. Like, I just told you I, I would love to get back surgery. Mm-hmm. Well, all they want to do is go, you need fat surgery. I've honestly got every time I hear it, I wad the paper up, throw them at them. I don't have the horn. Beep you. <laughs> and I walk out the door. I don't want fat surgery. I don't want to be little. I'm a I'm normally a pretty good weight. I'm getting heavier because of all that stuff, you know, when you can't really walk well or you know, you're, you're right. There. You're not yeah. You, so you don't move around much. Right. Yeah. Um they they're like, Well, if we get some weight off of you, the back won't hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him going, you idiot, if you fix the back, the weight won't be there. I, I don't put Band-Aids over cancer, you know? Thank God I don't have cancer and or Band-Aids. Yeah, you know, like, thank God. For sure. Um, yeah. But I'd rather just fix the problem. You know, the last time that I, I could show you a, a picture of it, my back at one point, the spinal cord's hanging on by a thread. Um... And in St. Mary's, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It looks like Moron, but I think it's Moran. That doctor laughed in my face, in my face. So, so when are we going to fix this? And I'm, I threw my arms up. I'm like, exactly, man. What's up? Because um, I, I thought that I was finally going to get it done. Shift change got me. The doctor on call before him looked at my back and went, oh, my God. We, we need to take care of this now. Shift change comes. I get laughed at. Called fat and told to leave. I mean, I can get shot nine times. And the doctors will be like, yeah, well, if you weren't so fat, they'd have missed you. That's that's how medical care is. Sad but true. Yeah. Um. So blood work. She goes, so they call you about your blood work? Yeah. And? I was like, 
I don't know. And then I just went and did Nick stuff. No, like the Treglis rides. Yeah, the, yeah, they told me. Look, I don't know what the Treglis ride is. So when you're like, hey, your Treglis rides are a five, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool. So what are you doing? <laughs> Unless you tell me it's a problem, I don't know that it's a problem. Well, she looked at me and said, your Treglis rides are currently at a fatal level. You've seen your last Christmas. And I didn't mean it as rude as it came out, but immediately, like, I sat back and said, F you. And she goes, excuse me? And I'm like, you don't tell me when to die. I do that. I quit drinking right then. Okay. You know, well, that weekend, because I had plans with friends. And I told everybody, I said, I'm going to go out this weekend, have fun. I'm done. You're not going to do that. You're going to make excuses like, shut up, Karen. Ladies and gentlemen, don't name your kids Karen. <laughs> Nobody likes them. I, yeah, I was gonna say I don't. There's not many Karens uh, being named. I don't think right now. <laughs> Hopefully, we stop them. But I feel bad for the good Karens out there because I have met some wonderful Karens over the years. They're older, you know. <laughs> I mean, who, who's the youngest Karen you've met? Um, right, mid mid thirties. Yeah, I think mid to late thirties. Oh, those mean parents. Yeah, <laughs> something that that's. I don't think I've met. I don't think I've met a Karen younger than that that I can think of. But anyway, um, yeah. Um, I'd want to get back to something though. Yeah, there's, because there's so many things to talk about. It's hard when, to... um. After Dad had gotten out of jail, he gave me this Bible, which sounds like something that would be tr- something you'd treasure. It, he never used it. It was brand new. You could tell. <laughs> you know, it just happened to be with him. But every time that I would open it, um, I'd like if I were to go, hey, man, check this out and open it, it's not going to work. If I bet you five bucks, it won't work. But if I were to grab the book and flop it open, it would always be the exact same page, which was Luke chapter 21. Um, when went out to California for a bit, same thing. The Gideons come along, they hand you the Bibles, same thing. So I've read this chapter over and over and over and over throughout my life. And, uh, like I, I thought it was something was trying to, there was some kind of message, you know? And, um, as a matter of fact, is it is it in your book? Oh, see, I wasn't even gonna bring that up. I just cheated, and the, oh. the things in here, so I knew I knew where to find it, so I could read it word for word. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out. Oh, you got me. Um, <laughs> but no, actually, the the longest chapter in this book, probably double it's any from other the Bible, is called Luke chapter twenty one. Oh, okay. Um, because I, I told that story about the pop in here, but it. It um, the thing is, like I wrote all the stories. I couldn't tell you what order they're in, because I wrote it. I don't read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't love me that much. Yeah, yeah. Usually, right. I I don't think I would read a book I wrote. <laughs> no, know. but I tell you what, if you, when I drove the short bus I was talking about, mm-hmm. there were uh, these blind ladies that were super cool. They were excited about the new iPhone. I was like the iPhone 4 or 5 at the time because that phone was going to read things to them. And this voice that they were unable to know existed prior. So they experienced it like we do. (laughs) Well, it hit me after I was writing this book because I, I, for whatever reason, I can write really well. I was hatched that way. I didn't try. Um, 
one of them gift deals. I figured it'd be fine, but to proofread, one day I went, wait a minute, if blind chicks can use this, so can lazy dudes. <laughs> so I started having it read back to me in that voice. Then I realized I can make the voice a British chick, <laughs> and it was just on. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world, <laughs> to have the, my stuff read back. So I, I did it like that. Well, what... um. Okay, I'm going to read you exactly what I've read over and over and over. Luke chapter 21. You See, nobody saw this coming, did no. they? No. Me reading the Bible to you. Nope. No, I didn't see it coming. I ain't either. Well done, JC. <laughs> We're still going to fight it out when I see it, but we can hug it out afterwards. Because <laughs> some of this is just BS. Okay. What? what okay, to preface what this was talking about, there was a temple, and people were bringing gifts, okay? okay? And it says, and he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. The lighting in here is awful. By yeah, the way, that's why it's taking me a minute to read. Yeah. I'm not actually that slow. Perfect, actually. This room does have a light switch, too, believe it or not. Um, okay, cool. And... And he also saw a poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, of a truth, I say unto you, that this poor widow is cast in more than they all. For all these have the abundance cast into the offerings of God, but she of, I don't know what those words mean, but it means she doesn't have much, is cast in all the living that she had. And as some spoke of the temple and how it was adorned with godly stones and gifts, is for these things which you behold, the days will come in which they shall not be left one stone upon another, they shall not be thrown down. And um, after this, like, it, it starts to go weird, and the whole world kind of falls apart and whatever. Well, the point of that being, people were bringing all these beautiful things to the temple that are worth money, gold, treasure, whatever. Then this woman brings some these things that were deemed useless by everyone else and she was mocked but those things were the most valuable things that were brought because it's all that she had and when i was drinking that pop it hit me and that's when my perspective boom okay it, it all fell in um it's like I wish somebody would try to tell me this before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes um, I feel like people do try to tell you that, but it's not really something that you know. Like you can sit here and 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 tell me this right now, and it's automatically going to click in my brain. It's like you, you almost have to have that that uh, realization well, was, on your own. Well, it was my friend Shasta was sitting right about there in the old back room, and she's like, "God, there's so much." different you know but in a good way you know what happened and i told her the story about that pop <laughs> and what she said to me she goes so what you're saying is the guy who had nothing gave you um what he'd had and it meant everything and i shot up out of my chair and i said what'd you just say to me when i heard her put it into context like that it hit me the message that was trying to be put in my head forever from that that Bible chapter, yeah. that chapter, Luke, right? Luke, Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 just kept 
it kept opening up to that and somehow. It's driven. It's drove me nuts since yeah. I was a young teen. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and and I, I'd read it over and over and over, and like I said, then the world ends, and I don't know what's going on. It's chaos and it's weird. <laughs> and yeah. Now and obviously, look, you know, oh, here we are. <laughs> and yeah, here we are. Yeah. Um, but you know, the the takeaway from that is is so. And and sometimes it takes you that long to like really understand like what something really means. I mean, it, if you don't work for it, it usually doesn't mean much. Yeah, uh, it's anything worthwhile usually is is worth working for or requires work. Anything worthwhile requires work. You know, you don't oh. can't just have it. You know. Unless it's JR's chicken, I Unless think they're an JR's exception. I, I mean, think they're an exception to this. That's a given. I mean, you know, we can go there and just, you know, and then a snap of the fingers have oh, man. You know, fried chicken. So, you know. I've, people, because they know I love it, every now and then, I don't even know who brings it. Sometimes I'll be back here doing something and one of the girls will walk back here and be like, I got chicken. Like, from who? And they're like, I don't know. Somebody's walking <laughs> so, in and brought it. Someone just, yeah. Oh, and and whenever that happens, it makes me smile so, so <laughs> big. And I can eat like 20 pieces of that if any of y'all is listening. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're, once, once this episode is out, you're going to have like 20 or more people delivering chicken. And oh, they're gonna, just going to have like this big fried chicken party at Looney Bin. <laughs> if, if so. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't know how else to say this, but I love you. It's <laughs> so sweet. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Looney Bin, if you're not familiar, um, there's been quite a few uh, well-known national artists to have stepped foot uh, through these doors, whether it was a band or someone from some other type of entertainment industry. <laughs> there's been uh, so many different people to have come through these doors since you've, you know, bought the place and made it the loom bin, you know, weird. it's, it's bizarre. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but it's so cool, um, to, to, to say that. And there, there are, there's, there's a certain part of the, the community that still hasn't realized that, you know, screech from saved by the bell was here or, you know, we right could go after on he got out of prison. Like he and yeah. I who were in this back room. I had just gotten the spear that was a cane that somebody gave to me. And he and I are throwing the spear and having a good old time back here. And I'm just laughing because he stabbed somebody. You know, I felt like the whole time I'm giggling, thinking I shouldn't be allowed to do you this. You shouldn't be. Yeah, that is. God, there's so much irony there. Right. Yeah. Um, I am so glad these balls cannot talk. <laughs> just because, I mean, there's things... That again, beyond grateful that I've got to see, but I don't tell other people's stories either. Yeah, I feel like unless it's Shake the Snakes, because one of them is my favorite, <laughs> and it's not appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> but it's I, my favorite story. I, I feel like that's a that's almost like a whole separate podcast episode just on the stories that have happened and the things that have happened at Looney Bin. I mean, well, honestly, like that book's got 40 stories in it. There's none of them about that. Really? None. None that revolve around Looney Bin and the shows that have happened um, here. Not at all. I mean, there's things, of course, that would intersect in and out of here. Mm -hmm. But 
the thing if you if you read the um forward or whatever it's called where somebody else talks in the beginning of a book i don't even read books like like i said i was just kind of forced into doing this Andre wagner is the one who got me to do it um i've known her since first grade my first memory of her is her punching me Hmm. Um in in the arm because she caught me uh, copying off of her in ah. math. How? Because when it where it said name, it said Ande, not Nick, on my paper. <laughs> yeah, I'm dumb. Um, <laughs> so I've known her that long, and at our 20 year reunion, she wouldn't let go of it. the The concept of that I needed to write a book, and I kept telling her nobody is gonna read it. Why? Why am I going to do that? And she hands me this book called "I Hope They or um, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell." Oh yeah, that was a popular one. And, see, I'd never heard of it. Um, but I also I'm pop cult- cultural literate. Um, not just read the regular one. <laughs> I I I've and never read it, but I remember she, when so many people were reading it. She asked me what I thought, and I thumbed through it. And I go, I think it's garbage. This guy can't write. Um, he's a douchebag. He <laughs> he blows his, up, his own ego. Like, right here, he calls this girl his Wednesday thing. He didn't have to say that about her. He's saying that about himself, but mm-hmm. using her. I, I don't like him, and his stories aren't that good. And then she goes, <clears throat> because <laughs> for whatever reason, like I said, I could write. Um They'd give you those tests in school where you had to fill in 7,000 little circles and then you had to write one creative writing essay. essay. Yeah, yeah. I was always in the top one half of the top 1% of the nation on that. Wow. The rest of it, you know, was just probably got the he tried badge. (laughs) Here's a cookie, dummy. (laughs) Nice writing. Nice try. Um, So, again, I, I don't know why I just can and she knows that. She's like, Nick, you're you're probably the best writer I know, and I know your stories are real. I've seen them. <sighs> okay, I mean, I'll give you that, but still, I, I didn't believe there was an audience. Nobody's going to buy this crap. I, and I'm thinking they're, even with everybody drinking on Broadway, I don't know if I could sell three of them. <laughs> you know? And um, what did it for me was... When I saw that and she showed me how big it was, I was like, I cannot write this dude in my sleep. Which is why, you know, after the main title, the subtitle is, I already served beer, now it'll actually be funny. That's a straight dig that I could do it better than him. <laughs> I even said it in the forward. <laughs> I, I said, I, I said, I Did you I send a copy to the author of, you know, um, no. I hope they serve beer, beer in hell? No, I don't care about him enough. <laughs> <laughs> um... Maybe someone else has sent him a copy. Um, somebody else showed me something Maybe. where they did something, and yeah. I was like, okay, that's cool. I don't remember what it was because at the end of the day, anybody who refers to her as his, you know, the Wednesday fling, I really don't mm-hmm. care what their opinion is. Mm-hmm. He didn't earn one. Um, but that was the measure I went. If if that could do that, I'm not saying that. And this is exactly what I said in the reply to her in the forward or whatever it's called, the eulogy. I don't know. <laughs> it, uh, it, um, I'm pretty I'm not, sure it's forward. I'm not saying that this book is going to be better, but I'm going to Babe Ruth right now and say I will write a better book, but I'm going to use zero of the stories anybody expects. You're not going to hear anything about pranks or the bin or rock and roll stories. It's all going to be other 
And then, you know, if it works out, now we've got something to talk about number two. Okay. So you're working on another book already? It, well, or you haven't? It, because of the title, which contains the F word. Yeah, um, F man. And, and the reason it does, it's not because that's a thing I, that I do. It's mm-hmm. that um, after things like a fire, I'll take a deep breath and I'll be like, man. Right. And I realized I do that, and I went, man, that's just such a natural that's title. You. Yeah. Well, that's... because of that, I kind of shot myself in the foot because I've zero dollars in advertising have been spent on it because Amazon, Google, Facebook, and none of them will take a penny because of the title. Uh... There, there was a, a big press release that was that actually tried to go out, rejected by all three hundred some agencies because of the title. It's had no press. I was supposed to do uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Sean Six's um, Liquid Episodes, and I was sick, and I, I wasn't able to do it that night, so I missed it. Um, Alex from MK Ultra had me on, but that's been it for promo. And word of mouth made it hit number one on Amazon in two categories for three and a half weeks, which were um, performing arts and humor essays. How I don't know. That's that's pretty fact, incredible. It, it well, was, I mean, uh, it, it's it's because so many people know you, man. I guess, but it it was it's weird. And I'm sure, like, I, obviously, I have not read it yet, but I'm gonna read it Me now. Neither, so, and I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna be like, oh my god, I'm probably gonna say that a billion times. And if anybody wants it. to, it's it's if you go to Amazon, the Kindle version, I won't let them charge for that. Because to me, like if I if I want an album, don't get me wrong, Spotify is handy and I'll listen to it. But I'm still gonna buy the album, and I want to read the liner liner notes before I listen to it. I'm I'm one of those people. Yeah, yeah. So to me, you know, a book on a screen is isn't a book. No. You know, you can go read it for free. I don't care. Yeah. But if you want a real one, it's on there. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, it's unreal. The feedback's been ridiculously overwhelming. The when when we ordered the initial ones for here, because Amazon, you know, they print print as they go. They pr- I was gonna say they print their own. Um, right. I didn't even want to pick a number because I didn't have any idea of. I mean, fifty to me is crazy that mm. we would sell those. Well, how many so, did so you end up like, getting Mom, printed? Mom, what what do you think? Because then it's her fault. <laughs> 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 Um, 225 of them, and I went, okay. Um, there is literally one left. Wow. And, and I went, oh man, we got to order some, huh? Weird. And online, um, I get confused looking at Amazon reports, but I mean, there's thousands. I know that because between the Kindle and the real one, the, in graphs, I'm like, uh, math teacher, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There isn't just a one-stop, all-inclusive report with a number. It's all over the place. And plus, this is actually a fun story. Um, My buddy Jason Ward's dating a girl in England named Deb. She called me at like 11 p.m. our time a few weeks back. She goes, you are not going to believe this. What's up? So I'm out with a friend, and somehow books came up, and I mentioned that I was reading yours. And she goes, so is my husband. (laughs) And I said, wait, wait, what? Because I've been getting emails. There's Amazon for the U.S. Mm -hmm. But for royalties, 
I for other countries, I actually have to go to Amazon England, and I've never done any of that because I figure if something's been sold in England, what I got a nickel. Yeah, me spending the thirty-eight minutes to figure out how to log in and do that isn't worth a nickel, so I just haven't done it. Apparently, it's doing something in England. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I it, I feel weird saying book, that book tour in England. That's that's uh, let's, let's book it. Yeah, I mean, I did start the other one. The first page is probably the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, and I honestly believe it. Everybody who's read it that I've showed the first page to, like they belly laugh and do the side grab thing because it's it's probably that funny. And I wrote one story. It's about green poop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's something I remember from a, being a kid at Shibona. There was a sink pooper, and they were trying to figure out who it was. Oh, my God. And they racially profiled the kid. Oh, I kid you man. not, because apparently purple Kool Aid makes green poop. And that's how he was caught. And I was thinking of how screwed up stuff was back then. Wow. So I actually wrote a story about our school doing racial profiling and profiling is wrong. That is messed up. Unless you're trying to find the green poop guy because it works. But, (laughs) you know. Wow. Right. Man. (laughs) Yeah, that's some serious racial profiling right there. I'll never forget it. Yeah, that's something you would never forget. They actually pulled the black kids aside. Really? In, in the commons area, Shabona, and because of purple freaking Kool-Aid. Wow. Which, you know. There is, I mean. That's, there's so, that's wrong on so many levels. Can you imagine if that happened today? No. Man. No, I cannot. Oh, my God. I remember um, there were a couple kids that uh, started our, our class after the class had started. One of them I'm still friends with. But when when she was introduced to us, it was the new black student by the teacher. <laughs> we also sent Ronald Reagan a bunch of jelly beans, and he sent us some signed pictures back with his dog's paw prints. But can you imagine trying to send the president jelly beans now? Yeah. Oh, God. The feds no. would be, uh-uh. oh, my God. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, what's this? <laughs> and our president's like, thanks for the jelly beans, kids. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? Man. Yeah, things have changed, that's for sure. Oh my God, yes. Well, uh, what should... We, <laughs> I don't know. How do we close this out? I mean, <laughs> how does how does Nick Huffman close out this, this episode? Oh, that's my job. Um, I, I just... I don't know. There's just so many... Like, like I said, I feel like we could go on forever. It's been, I, I literally it, can. I, it's, I, I know we can. It's been two hours at this point. Has it really? Yeah, yeah. It's already been it's already been two hours. Um, so so currently, you know what? what's I, I tell you what? I'm going to have you read something out of this book, okay? Because in it's you know the th- there's a forward, but then there's the opposite of that, like the end word, mm-hmm. end word with a D. Ah, uh, that might not have sounded correct because I wasn't near the <laughs> mic. I just wanted to clarify an epilogue. That's what it's called. Um, to me, you know, the book's got 40 stories. There's a lot of nonsense in there, but how I ended it, I find to be the most appropriate ending maybe for everything. So 
Uh-huh. Even and he podcast. hasn't read it yet. No, I haven't. But so this will pique his interest as well. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to turn the regular light on. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm reading this out loud. Yeah, I'm reading this out. Okay. All right. I'll wait until you're you're sitting down. Oh, go ahead. I'm stretching um, my leg. Okay. All right. If you've made it this far, congrats. You've already. You're already aware that I'm not a doctor, nor am I a scientist. Hell, I'm just some idiot in Bradley, Illinois. But this idiot has been through some stuff. Because of it, I can certainly give expert testimony to things I would normally be unqualified for because of my lack of a degree. It is from that area that I'm going to close this book. First off, you're going to be okay. It may not feel like it right now. You may feel hopeless. It may feel like every possible thing could go wrong does. That's okay. Trust the plan. Uh, Psalm 46.10 is by far my favorite one. It starts off with two simple words. Be still. As Pastor Dixon says, don't make your move too soon. The majority of mistakes that people seem to make are because they made their move too soon. Man, isn't that true? Uh-huh. Um, that Pastor Dixon, by the way, in Sun uh-huh. River Terrace, um, okay. Mount Calvary, is amazing. Okay. that's I don't even think he knows that's in there. Um, he, he might know. <laughs> but it, he he um, streams every Sunday. If anybody oh. Bible studies on Wednesday, if anybody wants to watch online. Oh, okay. All right, so if you are able to look at your own life through someone else's eyes and analyze your problems, you'd realize just how stupid some of them really are. One night after Metallica played Soldier Field with Local H, we were walking back to the parking garage. We, meaning Nicole, as in some of you know, as the Looney Bin house photographer, uh, Nicole Anders? Yep, and the girl on the phone in those two. Okay. Yep. Uh, she's taken some wonderful pictures of me. Thank you, Amazing. Nicole. <laughs> she's great. Um, she caught a picture of me jumping midair with my guitar, and that's one of my favorite pictures of all nice. time. So thank you, Nicole. Um, she and I had been friends since we were only one year old. I don't think she cares much for me anymore, but I still love her with all my damned heart. Besides Nicole and, and me, uh, oh, besides Nicole and me, there was Tana and Corey. When we were to go into the building that we had to enter uh, to take an escalator to the crosswalk that goes across Lakeshore Drive, bringing us another, bringing us to another building, which we had to exit to get to the building where our vehicle was, we found the building was locked. It was at that moment that we hit the realization we had no way to get our vehicle, meaning we were stuck in Chicago in a parking lot all night long with no vehicle. I shrugged my shoulders, sat down in the grass, said something that my buddy Scott Green from Louisiana always says. Sometimes worst case scenario ain't all that bad. What did we have? What did we have to be mad about? I was there with three of my favorite human beings on this planet for the night. That's not traumatic. That's not terrible. Honestly, It would have been something that I would have loved to have done and planned. But instead, it just sort of happened. The reality of our situation was not one to be upset over in the least bit. None of us 
were angry. We all just made the best of it. It ended up being somewhat of a rowdy night, and we got back to our car, which is irrelevant. I painted the picture for context, not integrity. (laughs) (laughs) My point being, it's not usually the reality of the situation that's actually bad. It's because that situation isn't what you expected it to be. See who the, the problem actually is? You. I would bet the vast majority of your favorite things in life are only a part of your life to begin with because something didn't go the way you planned it or because you made a mistake. And that's where the best stuff comes from. Stop measuring reality versus your own expectations of it. In the end, you're the one who is you. When dealing with people, especially a partner, never focus on the things they don't bring to the table. If you do that, it's a rabbit hole that you won't come back from. Instead, look at that person like a kid looks at their presents on Christmas morning. They're not upset about the things that aren't in the room. They're smiling because of what is. If it seems like you can't take any more, you're wrong. You can. And you'll be better because of it. You'll never truly understand pleasure without feeling pain. There would be no context. You'll never know the value of a $100 bill unless you've flipped your floor mats looking for change to buy gas to get to work. The secret is all around you, starting with the basic human cell. It dies every 24 hours, rejuvenates itself, and comes back stronger. That's the blueprint to life. Look at everything. If you want your hair to grow, cut it. Bone breaks, come back stronger. Tree dies in winter, they come back bigger and stronger in the spring. You are no different. Every time you break, you get stronger. You appreciate more. Life gets better. I hope you enjoy yours. You're the only one living it. Thank you for taking the time to read a bit of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, yeah. I love how you're so sincere, then you just drop the... Yeah, I had wow. to. Um, that, that's, uh, you're right. That's a great way to end this, uh, this, <laughs> this episode. It's Perspective is everything. everything. Yes, absolutely. I can tell you that the bottom of this table is blue, and you know what blue looks like. Yeah. But you don't know exactly what I just said until you fall on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah, absolutely true. Got no way to follow that up, so... That's uh, that's well written. I I could not agree more, man. It's it really all comes down to perspective, you know the the half glass full, half empty thing. There's so many uh, ways you could look at situations, and and I love and, the and way it, you look at it. I look at, at it. a glass like it's entirely full, just now with what you are trained to see. Yeah. Yep. Air yep. counts. Yep, it does. It really does. At the end of the day, it absolutely does. Twenty twenty taught us anything. But yeah i'm drinking that glass through a mask yeah <laughs> i almost did that one time i don't think that worked yeah no i i don't think so either well nick uh nick huffman 
Thank you uh, so much for being on Kankakee oh, Podcast. Thanks for having me. It, yeah. it means the world to me that you did. And, um, yeah. I appreciate that, and I appreciate everybody who's still there listening. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you both. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think they've been at the edge of their seats this whole time because you know there's there's and there and there's still so much more to be said. And uh maybe we'll get to more of that someday. If you're yeah. bored enough, um I'm not terribly I'm not terribly hard to find. <laughs> no, that's true. You aren't. But uh no. Yeah, no, thanks thanks again for doing this. Yep, thank you. You're doing a great job. I mean that. Thank you. That that seriously means a lot. I I really appreciate it. So shortly after Nick and I got done recording, guess what showed up <laughs> in his office? Fried chicken. Yep, you were right. <laughs> it was so funny. We had a good laugh about it. If you were able to hear his phone going off during the episode, I believe that was the friend that was trying to get a hold of him and texting him and saying, hey, I got uh, fried chicken for you. <laughs> so he was right. Randomly gets fried chicken just dropped off at the loony bin. So I'm, I'm expecting after this episode to be released that a lot of people will be bringing Nick Huffman fried chicken there. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Kankakee Podcast. It truly means the world to me. I, I've been uh, getting different comments and emails, and we've been getting sponsors for the show from people I never thought uh, I would hear from. And I'm just completely blown away by it. I, I really am so humbled and so honored to have you listening to this podcast right now and supporting it. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, if you haven't done so already, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Kankakee Podcast. You can also listen to previous episodes at kankakeepodcast.com or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And if you do want to become a sponsor, you can get more details at kankakeepodcast.com as well. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list, too, because I'll send you an email uh, every single week when a new episode drops. So have a wonderful rest of the day, evening or afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this. And I will talk with you next Monday here on Kankakee Podcast. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll. People tend to stick to you.